Welcome to Musing the Mysteries, a podcast by Barney Wiggett. What you'll find here are some recent musings about the God of the Bible and living in such a way as to bring Him pleasure. We make no claim to perfection in either our actions or assumptions. That's why we call them musings. Don't take our word for it. Do your own research and ask the Spirit for help. We invite you to interact with us, question our conclusions, and share your own ideas with us, which might well be better than some of ours. In the meantime, happy musing. Second Timothy chapter one, we'll look there. Does anybody like to go on like scary rides at Great America? Who likes to do that? Okay, so you hear about this ride and you read about it and it's supposed to be the scariest thing you ever, anybody's ever been on and it's supposed to take you up and around, you know, scare you, adrenalize you. So you go to Great America and you stand in the line. That's the thing I don't like is, you know, you inch forward every, you know, hour. And so six hours later, you're at the, you know, you're going to get on the ride. And you get on this ride, you're so excited. And it starts and it just doesn't start very quick. And it doesn't continue very quick. And it doesn't end very quick. You're just going, dude, that's not, well, you know, what I read about. And, uh, you're, but you notice next to you on either side are these, you know, seven-year-olds. They were having a ball. You got on the kid's ride. You weren't on the right ride. You were in the wrong line and you got on the wrong ride. No wonder you're bored. A lot of Christians are on the wrong ride. You, you know, we believe, we call ourselves Christians and we're, we're, you know, we're bored with it because we're, dude, you're on the kid's ride. It's not supposed to be like that. You're supposed to be scared. I know of these mountain climbers and their mantra is that we do something every day that scares us. But why don't we look at first our second Timothy chapter one, starting with verse six. You got it? Do you guys use the what version do you use here? Okay. Everybody uses King James? Why does the rest of you use? New Living NIV. So we got a, a variety, a montage of versions. It's all good. I got the new international version here. Verse six, chapter one, second Timothy. For this reason. He's writing to this young disciple of his. Paul's about to die, you know. He's in jail for the last time. He was a total jailbird, but he, this is the last time. And he's not getting out. He knows he's, they're going to cut his head off. And they did, soon, after he wrote this. For this reason, Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So, fan into flame the gift of God. You got gifts? They do, they kind of burn down if you don't fan them into flame, you know, you don't put any oxygen on them, you don't add, you know, wood to the fire, and because, well, there's a lot of reasons, and in Timothy's case, it was timidity, he was afraid. He is Paul's uh, fair-haired guy, I mean, he's the guy, he's the disciple, he's the replacement, Paul's going to die, Timothy's the main guy, and he's young, and he's sickly, and he's shy, you know, I'm thinking Paul's got to do a little bit, you know, more, uh, just a better job of, you know, picking the guy that's going to replace him. But he never, he never balks about it. He just says, Timothy, you got to fan into, you got this gift, you got gifts, you got to use them. Fan it into flame. For God, verse 7, did not give us a spirit of timidity. That's how NIV says it. King James says fear, yeah? 
So fearfulness, it's really a, 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 a more of an attitude than it is a, a situation. We'll talk about the difference between fear and fearfulness. There's fear. I'm, how many of you are afraid of snakes? I'm afraid of snakes. That's a fear thing. But it's not a predisposition to be afraid of everything. I'm not afraid of, you know, puppies. I, I think they're great. I'm not afraid of puppies. But God didn't give us a spirit of timidity, an attitude of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and, a, and self-discipline, or a sound mind. Sound mind. Yeah, King James? Mm-hmm. That's a better translation of that word, actually. So don't be ashamed. Everybody say that. So don't be ashamed. Let's say it again. So don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed or fearful, same thing, to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. So don't be afraid, don't be ashamed to tell people about Jesus. If you're a Jesus follower, dude, you got to tell people about Jesus one way or another, in your own way, through your personality, right? I mean, we have, this is an assignment. Otherwise, we would have all been shot at the altar. I mean, that's, you know, in other words, you get saved, you come to the altar, you get saved, so you don't backslide and don't mess up, they just shoot you at the altar. Well, that's not what we do. We come up from the altar and we have a life to live in front of people. Don't be afraid to do that. Uh, It's important. Again, not in a preachy way or in like, you know, a Billy Graham kind of motif, but your motif, your way, your personality, right? Good, good. Let's, Let's work on our amens. Amen? There you go. Let's skip down to verse 12. That is why I am suffering as I am. Remember, he's in jail. Yet I am not ashamed, not afraid. I'm not fearful. I'm not timid. Because I know. Let's say that. Because I know. Not just I know facts. I know theology. I'm, you know, hip to the hypostatic union of Jesus. I can describe the... The substitutionary atonement, not, not, that's not what he said. He says, because I know whom I've believed. I know whom I've believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him uh, for that day. You know, there's a lot of caution in churches. A lot of ca- cautious Christians. Older I get, the more cautious I get. These kids asked me to go with them to Montana and sleep on the ground and witness to to 10,000 hippies there. And, and that's my thing. That's what I do. I dig doing that. It's fun for me, but sleeping on the ground is not fun for me. And driving, you know, four days in their beater tr- truck uh, to Montana, that's not fun for me. They're all young and I'm old. But we do this in Golden Gate Park. We'll, make, uh, we'll bring a camp stove and make uh, pancakes on Monday mornings. And uh, people come out of the bushes and we make friends you know, along with God. It's totally fun. I dig that. I also really like uh, the TL. Uh, Annie was there last week, and we preach on the street. It's, we used to be in this little park at Jones and Eddie in Bodecker Park, but they're renovating it, so now we're on the sidewalk. It's a little bit more daunting, you know, because there's no rules in terms of what goes on, you know, what they do on the street. It's, you know, if you've been in the Tenderloin lately, uh, I'm looking around and I'm just thinking not a lot of you have been there. But it is a bad neighborhood. Bad neighborhood. You know, everybody's smoking crack or dealing crack or, you know. So, uh, but I love these neighborhoods. They're, 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 that's kind of where I fit. That's why I'm a vagabond preacher. I dig it. But this, this thing about this timidity. He says, 
God didn't give us a spirit or a default. You know on, on your computer that you, you boot it up and you go to Word and there's defaults. It'll just go to, you know, 12 point times or whatever you've set the defaults at, yeah? And, uh, and so he's saying God didn't give us a default of timidity, but a spirit of, or a default, a spiritual power and love and a sound uh, mind in that, in that. But Timothy being kind of, it was his default. He was not a gregarious, let me say this. Courage is not the same as being gregarious. I'm kind of gregarious, so you could guess. And, uh, but that's not the same as courage, because I know some people that are very soft-spoken, very shyish, but yet have a, an enormous courage to do the kingdom of God. I have a friend, for instance, in South Africa. He, he does, his main thing is he, he gets uh, people dying of AIDS to the hospital back and forth each day, and he helps people who are dying of AIDS and brings in their kids and soft-spoken guy. If I brought Randy here, you'd, you'd just go, oh my gosh, how can he? But it, it's not his nature to be gregarious, but he's, he's got a courage and he's been doing it for years. He's a great man. Timothy was not a born leader. He's more of a leaner. He, you know, he was dependent on you know, Paul's courage, sort of. And now he's going to be on his own. So Paul's saying, did you really got to suck it up and become you know, uh, the man that God has called you to be, you know, a, a person of influence? Uh, Brother Andrew said, if your vision doesn't scare you, then neither your vision nor your God are very big. Should scare you. I'm driving here and I'm a little nervous. I'm a preacher, but I you know, don't know if you guys throw things at preachers here. I don't know what your deal is. So I'm nervous, you know, I have a nervousness about it. Uh, tomorrow when I go to the park, all my friends are up in Montana, so I'll just go by myself. And so that's, you know, I go, well, what should I do? How should I do this? You should be a little scared if you're not doing anything that scares you, especially when you get older. This is when you're a kid, you just do everything. But a lot of times we just get real tentative in our older age. And that's a mistake, brothers and sisters. Don't retire from kingdom advance. This is what I love about Bob and Jean. Uh, Bob just turned 80. Jean is 78. And they were this morning. They were this morning taking people to the hospital the next door neighbor to the hospital and praying with people and witnessing. The, I mean, that's just the way they roll, you know. Uh, but he's saying your default position ought not to be timidity. Now, Paul, does that, do you think Paul was ever scared? Well, of course. I'm, we're all, we all have fears, but, but when he says fear not 366 times in the Bible, he's, what that means is don't let your fears paralyze you. doesn't mean don't be afraid. doesn't mean what can you do uh, if you're afraid. You're afraid, but just don't let it paralyze you. Go on and, you know, do your thing. So with, with Timothy, does Paul, this is a question, so I'm looking for, you know, some call and response here. So did Timothy, do you think Timothy, or Paul let Timothy off the hook because, you know, he was raised by his grandma and his mama, uh, Lois and Eunice, and his dad was a Greek, probably not a Christian, so he hadn't grown up in a place of, you know, have, learning how to be a Christian man. And, uh, and he's shy, blah, 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 and he's sick. Uh, does Paul let him off the hook? What do you think? No. no, no. I mean, that's what the book's all about. So the thing is, if you, you know, he says, for instance, in this passage, fan into flame the gift of God. Doesn't say, oh, well, you got gifts, but don't trip on it because you're scared. He says, join me with, in suffering for the gospel. He says, don't be ashamed to testify about the Lord. 
Timothy wasn't an evangelist. And you know what? I'm not one either. But I can do the work of an evangelist. That's what he told him uh, later uh, in the book. Do the work of evangelism, not necessarily be one. Everybody's supposed to do the work of an evangelist. Share Christ with people. Yeah? Okay. So here's my thing on this. I'm really talking about a caution or a fearfulness or a timidity about the bigger picture, the kingdom advance kind of thing. But when, if I said, if I just started here and I said, hey, I'm going to talk about fear today. Uh, and I said, what are you afraid of? And I, 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 and I would be with you in this. We would all say, to turn to somebody and tell them what you're afraid of. Each of us would probably share our phobias. You know, our, what I call fears of lesser demons, smaller demons that keep us from doing the bigger job. Do you see what I'm saying? We would, maybe we would talk about, yeah, I'm afraid of public speaking, or I'm afraid of driving, I'm afraid of the night, you know. And we all have, you know, some fears, definitely. But rather than say, yeah, I'm afraid to, you know, go like that preacher on Sunday. He talked about going to Golden Gate Park and sharing. I'm afraid of doing, I'm afraid of witnessing. I'm afraid of, I'm afraid when my friend calls me and says, man, I'm having a really hard day. I'm totally afraid of praying with him over the phone. I'm afraid of putting my hand on somebody, because the Bible says that, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I'm afraid to do that. We, don't, we usually talk about our phobias. You know, did you know there's a, there is a, uh, a website called phobialist.com, and there's like 500 of them, 500 phobias. I just have like 20 here. The, I didn't even get out of the A's. And I can't even pronounce most of them. So let me just kind of wing it, you know. Act like you own the place and, and nobody asks you any questions. Uh, ablutophobia is the fear of washing. Does anybody have that fear of washing? Acarophobia is the fear of itching. People that are afraid of itching. Acerophobia is the fear of sourness. So I don't know, fear of lemons, I guess. Uh, acousticophobia is the fear of noise. Fear of drafts. Uh, there's the fear of vomiting secondary to air sickness. So that is, when they get on a plane, they're terrified of vomiting on the plane. Now, I'm terrified of people vomiting on the plane next to me, but I don't know if there's a name for that fear. Fear of insanity. I, I'm way past that. Fear of wild animals. Well, I don't know. Don't move to Africa. You know, I mean, what are you going to, you know, just stay in Pacifica. Fear of streets. That's a bummer, man. Where are you going to go? You know, how do you get out of your house? Fear of needles, needles or pointed objects. Then you got alurophobia is the fear of cats. Wow. Here's one, fear of chickens. Somebody that's got a phobia of chickens. Fear of dust. Fear of riding in a car. Fear of walking. I love this one. Fear of amnesia. Wake up in the morning and go, dude, I hope I don't, re I don't forget, you know, my life. But the, the, I, I was thinking about this. That the, it, fear of amnesia, at least if you get amnesia, you'll forget your fear of it, you know, when you have it. Fear of scratches or being scratched. Well, then that goes with the fear of cats. Don't go uh, get a cat. 
I don't know how to pronounce it, the fear of looking up. Wow. Let's all look, unless you have that fear. If you have that fear, don't do it. But let's all look up. Bible says, you know, lift up your eyes. Okay, you can look back down. Fear of wind, it's anglophobia, fear of England. (laughs) Fear of persons with amputations. Check this out. Fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. (laughs) Wake up in the morning, dude. Oh, man, I hope I don't have a peanut butter sandwich. Fear of books, fear of slime. Bolshephobia is fear of Bolsheviks. (laughs) Check this one out, fear of gravity. Now, that's really hard to get away from, you know what I mean? Fear of food. Some of us could use a little bit of that, but fear of stealing. And this is the last one I'll do. I'm just in the beginning of the season. This is the last one. Fear of chopsticks. I am afraid of using chopsticks in front of people. You know, but not the chopsticks themselves. You know, they, I mean, they don't freak me out. Walk into a Chinese restaurant, I gotta get out of here, they're eating with sticks, you know. I'm just saying about our phobias, we all have them, but the thing is, okay, so deal with it. I mean, but don't get so hung, don't get imprisoned by your fears to where you never do anything for the advance of the kingdom of God. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't let that default, uh, you know, imprison you. You know, some people are just... Uh, 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 transfixed on the stock market lulls or what's going to happen to my 401k well you know I mean wow Jesus said don't don't be he said don't be afraid of people the worst that they can do is kill you that's what he said don't be afraid of people the worst that they can do is kill you and then they send you to heaven so hey that works uh, for me I was thinking of like my dad was an Olympic swimmer the Olympics that he went to are, uh, was in L.A., but let's say it was in, you know, Europe someplace. And so here you got the fair-haired boy that's going to be the, it's going to get bring home the gold for the, uh, for the U.S., but he's afraid of flying, so he doesn't go. He wasn't, but you know what I'm saying? How, what a bummer that would be. You can't go to do this grander thing because you're afraid of this smaller thing. That illustrates what I'm saying. That our, our smaller thing fears keep us from ever even it, conceiving of the grander thing. We, if we're going to be afraid, let's be afraid to do something great. I'm not saying that you're going to be a world leader, but you can be a world changer. But only if you get, I mean, one of the things we got to do is get over our, our, t, uh, our smaller uh, fears. Okay? Look in that passage and tell me, Tell me four things that are the kind of fear busters in this passage. Four things that he tells Timothy that will help you to overcome a timidity. Do you see him? Tell me what's the first one. Okay, that wasn't one of them that I was thinking of, but check this out. A calling from God to do, you know, Jesus came to save us, not so that we would just be a safe deposit box but so that we would get out and do something and make a difference in the world that we live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody else got one? A fear buster? Yeah. Well, God gave us the gifts. Oh, oh, okay. So you got these gifts. They came from God. So that should, you shouldn't be so freaked out about using it then because you are, have rightful ownership to this thing that the creator of the universe. Great, great. Another one? Spirit of power. A spirit of power. Now, that's easy to relate to fearfulness, yeah? What did, the, what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? Do you remember? He said, you shall receive 
power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, uh, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. So you're empowered. He'll empower you at work, in your neighborhood, in your families, in whatever ministries you have. Spirit of power. And then what's the next one? Love. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love. Check this out about how does love, your love for people, combat a timidity? How many, how many of you are parents? Raise your hand if you're a parent. How many of you, uh, if you had a fear of heights, let's say, whatever that's called, and a lot of people do, uh, if you had a fear of heights and your child was, I don't know, slipped over this cliff and was just on this ledge and you had to climb down to get this, your child, your son or your daughter, to get them and you're terrified of heights, how many of you would do it anyway? Why? Love. love. I wonder if some of our fearfulness is because of lovelessness. Is that possible? That we don't love people well enough. We, uh, that's possible, yeah. We, none of us do. But it's, I wonder if we're fearful to do anything. In other words, dude, if you're hurting, even though I'm afraid to do the thing that would help you, I need to do it because I, because I love you. Does that make sense? Spirit of power, love, and what's the last one? Self-discipline or sound mind. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like when I was at Bob and Jean's uh, with chemo and no hair and gaunt and gray skin and wearing a mask out in public and, you know, barely getting a bye. Uh, at night, you know, especially, uh, my mind would just freak out on, you know, chemo does things to you and my mind would do its thing and it would get, they would get renegade. My thoughts would get renegade and I needed to reel them in so that I wouldn't like freak out about, you know, my destiny or whatever it was. And boy, did I learn about making my mind mind. You know, did your mama ever say, mind me now? Well, you need to get, we need to get our minds to mind us. Sound mind is bringing, uh, casting down imaginations and everything that, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into, I'm quoting the Bible now, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bring it in. Get your mind to do, to serve you rather than you serve it. And just, you know, a lot of Christians can't get their minds together, can't get their head together, we used to say. And, and, and as a result, they don't do kingdom stuff. They're all tripping about the possibilities of being broke in their old age or getting sick, or getting in a car, whatever. And we gotta, gotta get it together. There's one more though. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. There's one more fear bust. Uh, I know whom I've believed. We believe. We believe, yeah? yeah? Believing helps you not be afraid. But there's something even more profound because Paul doesn't, it's like he speaks, he goes right by the believe part, but there's something before the believe in the verse. Look at it. I'm not ashamed because I know whom I believed. I know whom I've, I know Jesus. I'm not ashamed because I know him. We all believe in him, but how many of us are terrified because we just believe in Jesus? My mama believed in Jesus and my daddy believed, I believe in Jesus. I mean, that's what we do. We believe in Jesus. That's a good thing. Believe in Jesus. But do you know Jesus? Because if you knew him, you'd be less fearful. The better you know him, the better I know him, the less fearful I'm going to be. A lot of us are on the kiddie ride. 
If we're on the kiddie ride, that's why we're bored. We need to get off the kiddie ride, amen?